0: So Money episode 782, Ask Farnoosh with special co-host,
1: Brittany Castro. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money.
0: You're listening to So Money, everyone. September 14th. How is everyone doing? Lots to catch up on. This week was another great week of guests. We had on the show on Monday, Jonathan Fields, who is the creator of the Good Life Project. He's got an amazing podcast and programs, and I um, actually was on Jonathan's podcast. On September 11th, we did a bit of a crossover. So if you're not following Jonathan, I highly recommend it. Uh, And then Wednesday, we had on Hani Walshansky, who is an entrepreneur, mom of four, breadwinner. We got really deep into discussions around motherhood and affording parenthood and being the breadwinner. And she had some incredible sort of principles around how to manage your life soundly your marriage your money so if you have missed any of those episodes i encourage you to go back there are a couple of my favorites thus far and we're already into episode 782 which brings us to today it's ask for and we've got a few of your questions to tackle but a little different bit of show today i wanted to bring on our friend of So Money, Brittany Castro, you're familiar with her. She's a certified financial professional, founder of uh, of a, an amazing practice that is all about helping women. It's called Financially Wise. And she's also, like me, a fellow Chase Slate Financial Education Ambassador. So this is really interesting, guys. Your zodiac sign, okay, I'm an Aquarius, yeah, may have some... Predictions as far as what you, what kind of a money personality you are, what kind of a spender you are, what your kind of relationship is with money, and Chase, laid as part of their 2018 credit outlook survey, where they pulled over like something like 2,000 millennials to find out what makes them tick when it comes to managing their money. They also did a little digging and found some correlations uh, between zodiac signs and money personality and and what your Zodiac tells you about your spending and credit habits. So Brittany has got all the details on this survey, and I'm really fascinated. I want to learn all about what an Aquarius, you know, what does that mean when it comes to my wallet? And of course, if you're, what, you're listening to this, if you're an Aries, a Cancer, a Sagittarius, we've got you covered as well. Uh, but we've also got some of your money questions to tackle. But first, I want to bring on Brittany Castro. On to the stage. Brittany, welcome, my friend. Hey, girl. Good to be here again. It's uh, great to have you back, and thank you for coming on. And, you know, you've been on this show countless times helping us manage our money a little bit uh, more wisely. You helped us with a lot of questions. And today, we're going to get to some questions, but first, want to start with digging into this interesting study around zodiac signs and spending habits. Let's start with credit. So credit is important. We were big nerds around credit health as it's no secret. What did the survey reveal as far as what our zodiac signs forecast about our unique characteristics with credit?
1: Yeah. So it's really interesting. Um, this survey, I mean, I found it quite, um, interesting because being a Taurus, uh, signs like Taurus, Leo, and Scorpio came out on top for spending the most on credit. So you and I both know credit's very important. Obviously, you talk a lot about it because it plays a big part in one's life. Obviously, it impacts your ability to rent your first apartment, start a business, and maybe apply for that loan to start it, Um, owning a home and getting a mortgage, buying a car. I mean, really, credit affects a lot in our financial lives. So, you know, this survey is showing some cool stats. But what was even more cool was the majority of millennials, so about 93%, stated that they have checked their credit score. That's huge because I think there's a lot of... Um, opinions about millennials and kind of being serious (laughs) and, you know, having the entitled mentality. But the survey shows, no, millennials are checking their credit score. And actually, a majority of them, 66% checked in the last six months. So obviously, it's super easy nowadays to stay on top of your credit score, check it regularly. You know, Chase Slate offers you to see your credit score. They have a specific dashboard for all their credit card holders. So you can learn about you know, the factors that go into your score and really just stay on top of your credit health.
0: Did you think it was interesting that your zodiac sign does have these correlations to our behavior with credit? Did, were you surprised to find that as a Taurus, mm-hmm. you were a little credit happy?
1: Yeah. You know, I don't know how, you know, there's so many things, right, that we can learn from our zodiac sign. So I think it's really fun to kind of see, okay, which ones lined up with me because I am a Taurus and, and which ones didn't. But yeah, I mean, I actually tend to use... Credit a lot just because I like to get the reward points and that sort of deal. If you understand some of the tendencies of your zodiac sign, I mean, it could just give you a framework as to how you're making choices with money. And, you know, if you kind of relate to something and you don't see it that it's positively helping you, maybe you can be aware of it. Let's look at some of these because I think it's really interesting. Aries, Leo, and Gemini were actually among the most likely to save money to spend later on experiences. Hmm. So if you fall in that category, I would just say, cool, you know, you enjoy having experiences in life. So make sure you follow like the 50-20-30 rule for budgeting. Uh, 50% is usually what you want to allocate for fixed expenses. 20% is the goal to be saving for your you know, goals like cushion, debt reduction, maybe even have like a fun account where you put money in specifically to spend on these types of experiences during the year. Most of our clients have a travel account, which I would like categorize in that. And then the 30% is what you can spend on all the variable and funds. So you can even allocate some of that 30% to be spending on these experiences during the weeks and months. So make sure you set that up because the whole point is, if you really enjoy, you know, saving money to then later have to use for experiences, make it work for yourself and find a way to, you know, have those experiences, but not feel guilty because you're spending money on them. Yeah, just
0: budget for your guilty pleasures. So that's Aries, Leo and Gemini. I'm an Aquarius. And it turns out I have a lot in common with Libras. And the survey found that we are notorious for having that you only live once, YOLO <laughs> philosophy to spending. I don't, I maybe sometimes I feel that way, but I think maybe in my 20s, I was more like that. And I know that this was primarily focused on millennials. So for those of us who have this kind of YOLO perspective, uh, pressure, maybe you want to even call it on our finances. What? <laughs> what's your advice?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I think YOLO is just a little bit more probably you know, universal these days, just because of marketing, social media, and that sort of hype. But if you do have that sort of tendency, I would just say, again, follow that 50-20-30 rule of budgeting your money, make sure you have 30% for all those variable and fun expenses. And if you set it up properly, so your finances can support it, then you can enjoy those experiences. But you're still also saving for the future. You know, we can't be you know, blind to the fact that at some point we're going to want a cushion and retirement so we don't have to work. So it's really all about consciousness. Like a lot of what I talk about with my clients is awareness, consciousness, you know, not to feel stress or anxiety with money all the time, but really begin to use it as your friend, as your tool.
0: So next up, Taurus, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Virgo, these four signs. This is really funny. I think they all like to talk the most about money with others, which I think is a great quality to have, by the way.
1: Well, I definitely fall into that category. That's you. <laughs> you know, but I... actually You're never, in the right place, Brittany. I I guess I'm in the right place. So that one definitely matches up because I do talk about money all, all day. It's what I do for a living. So if you are somebody who enjoys talking to money, Kudos to you! I think first of all, that's fabulous because it is still that topic that most people don't talk about within their relationships and um, community circles. So, if you do find that you're communicating um, about money, you know, continue that. Like inspire others to have those money conversations too. And I always go back to like that first topic could be. The money story, which I know you talk a lot about too, but it's like, okay, Farnoosh, like if you and I have never talked about money, chances are I'm not gonna be like, hey, Farnoosh, tell me how much you have in your 401k or retirement plan. It's a little like harsh, and to me, okay, let's dig a little bit. So, an easier conversation to start with is just learning about someone's past experiences with money. So you can say things like. Hey, Farnoosh, you know, I know you started your own business. Like what were some of those like what were some of the things you set up financially so you could do that? Or what did you learn? You know, because then you could learn about someone's personality and behavior with money through their story. And I think anytime we connect on stories, we like have that human connection that's more intimate and more real and vulnerable. And you'll find that especially if you're married and you start with that, you'll have more compassion for the other person because you'll have awareness as to why they're doing what they're doing with their money. So continue those money talks. If it's your thing, go for it. You know, I'm all about it. I think it's great.
0: What I love about this survey is that it's aligning our sort of our, our, Zodiac with some of our financial strengths, which, if you're listening and you feel like you have no financial strengths, (laughs) um, let this be inspiration that, you know, maybe that if you are, for example, a Capricorn, then chances are you're somebody who has a propensity for talking about money comfortably. And that's a great thing. And you want to share that. And um, I also would say to add to your points, Brittany, that. You know, a great icebreaker in having a conversation about money with a loved one, whether it's your partner or, um, you know, a friend, a parent is to especially if you feel like they're not a sharer or a talker is to start with your own story, you know, not make it all about you, but like let you become vulnerable in front of them you know, so that they can immediately gain some trust in you and in talking about money. And then I think we'll also be more likely to go there with you if you're the first to do it, and kind of um, be an example and and role model in that. So this is, I like that one a lot. So, okay, last but not least, we haven't talked yet about Cancers, Scorpios, or the Pisces. And what's their, what's their sign revealing? (laughs)
1: these people I'm going to focus my marketing to attract these clients (laughs) because they're the ones who most likely have a budget which to me well, they don't need you well they might because they're already like set up right so who knows they're they're ready Ready for the next step yeah they're ready for the next step so we tend to like those people who are like I want more I want to do better and better um So these ones are more likely to have a budget, which I think is great news. And again, just relating back to that first point of 50-20-30 rule of thumb, like you can see how you allocate against those ratios. And, you know, like living in major cities, we have to be real. Like New York and LA, maybe you're spending a little bit more like 60% on fixed expenses, so you can only really save 10%. I always tell people, start with whatever you can. And the whole goal is like every year to review against these ratios to help you make strategic decisions for yourself financially. So if you're planning to move, look at the ratio. Okay, don't buy too much home or don't put yourself, you know, house poor. Or if you're going to have a baby and you need to stay home for a year six months to take care of the baby, look at the ratio and see what can cut back or how do you make more money to make that work. So really, it's just a guide for you to grow year after year financially and like bring awareness because I, I mean, I think a budget is a tool. It's not like a diet. It's not to cut out all the fun. It's really a roadmap to help you maneuver year after year.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, giving you opportunities, I think is another way to look at it. Like it's good news. People budgets can really get you to your destination. And okay. Oh. So I'm an Aquarius, you're a Taurus and I have here some bulleted takeaways for each of us from this study. And I ter, tell me if you agree or disagree with the findings for Taurus or Tori. How do you how do you pluralize that? Um, <laughs> you, Brittany, are someone who saves quite regularly and spends on just the essentials. I would beg to differ. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a saver, but I think you're like, you like the nice things.
1: I love luxury. I, yeah, I'm not one of those people that's like frugal, but I, you know, I actually would disagree because I feel like tourists actually, a lot of people who I know are tourists are, um, love luxury.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, who doesn't? Well, no, that's not true. There are definitely some people who just like to live, um, simply. You already agreed with the fact that, or the, I don't know if it's a fact, right? These are just all like, predictions uh that you do like to talk about money with others check um do you like to show off what you can buy because that's another takeaway from the tori i
1: mean, I, w- I don't know if i necessarily like to show off obviously i enjoy money and i like what it can bring me but um i don't know it's not like i brag arrogantly about it but yeah i get something i'm like yeah i got this and i want people to be inspired and enjoy what i have too
0: I do remember Chase Slate finding in this survey that two-thirds of millennials uh, have s- shared a recent purchase on Instagram.
1: Yes. It wasn't that interesting. And did you see also that they were willing to spend up to like close to $200 for one post? What? Um, yeah. So it, it, it's definitely something that is <laughs> changing the way we live. Um, but the cool part was that, Again, they're still aware of saving money and their credit score. So even though we live in this Instagram world where everybody's posting, I think there's a lot of people who are doing it the right way too, you know, because I know there's a lot of judgment like, oh, these people, they don't really have the money. They're just showing it off and posting, but it's not real. But I think there are a lot of people who do have the money behind it. Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure! Don't tell me. You have to tell me. Okay, so now for me, I think I agree with a lot of these outcomes from the survey with, with regards to the Aquarius, uh, to the Aquarius sign. So I do like to save some of my money so that I can donate it to organizations or causes. That's true. I do save money for a rainy day. I do prioritize that. I also like to buy expensive items, but save for them. That was also a, a, an Aquarius. Aquarius indicator. And I, you know, sometimes I do believe in enjoying my money. And one of the sort of uh, revelations about Aquarius uh, signs is that we think about spending as in terms of just trying to enjoy our lives today. And I, and I do, I would, I would subscribe to that. I would say that, you know, I work hard, I save hard, I invest hard, I spend hard on the things that matter most to me. And sometimes those are experiences. Sometimes it is just a pair of shoes that I know won't last very long, but I love them and they will make me happy in that moment. I'm not blind to the fact that it's not gonna be a lasting happiness, but it is It is what it is. And I'm willing to spend on it if I have the money. So um, thank you, Chase Slate, for doing this. This is like really a fun way to, I think, also talk about money in a new way. Like it really does break the ice. So next time listeners, you're at a cocktail party or dinner or a friend's house mm-hmm. and, and you are a tourist. Cause you like to talk about money, bring up this survey. It might be fun. I'm just saying, um, yeah. it might, it might be a cool like game or something, but, um, everybody, Brittany's also on Instagram, speaking of Instagram. So I want to make sure that, You're following her there at Brittany Castro, especially if you want to learn more about these horoscope measures and how they line up with your spending habits. I love this so much. Okay. Uh, We got to talk about some of our listeners' questions. It's Friday after all. And um, I'm so happy that you're here, Brittany, because you always have great advice. Uh, A lot of these questions, in fact, all of them actually sourced from Instagram, as you know. I do have an Ask news button on my website at somoneypodcast.com, and you can definitely use that, and we definitely check that for your questions. But alternatively, if you'd rather ask on Instagram, that's also a method. You can go there, follow me, and share a question by direct messaging me, and I usually uh, will answer you then and there, but also we'll save it for the show. So this is Sarah on Instagram. And I'm going to have you take this one, Brittany, because you are the, you are the expert for this question. It says, what mm-hmm. certifications should I look for in a financial advisor? I want someone who can help me invest for retirement. I know that the
1: CFP designation is great, but are there any others? Honestly, Sarah, I think CFP designation trumps all. <laughs> um, and less than 20%. Don't quote me. Maybe it's a little bit more, but about 20% of financial advisors in the U.S. are CFPs. So it's a really great start to get a CFP um, as your professional because they should be well-equipped to help you invest for retirement. You know, I always like to relate it to accounting. There's accountants and then there's CPAs. And a CPA is someone who just went and got the extra schooling and board exam to get that designation. So same is true with CFP. It's extra schooling and a board exam to get that designation. Um, There are also fiduciaries, right? Which is of the utmost. Yeah. Of the utmost, there's the fiduciary, you know, requirements just to have that CFP designation year after year. You know, there's CE credits that you have to complete, um, ethics. Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of great things. And I think the CFP board search engine is really great. So if you're just looking to have someone specifically help you with investing for retirement, you can actually put that on your search engine filter. So you make sure that you're only talking to people who have that experience, but I've, I've rarely met anyone who's like a CFP and doesn't no like retirement planning. It's just like a, it's like a big part of what we do as planners.
0: Awesome. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. Kasha on Instagram is selling her apartment and she wants to put that cash in an online savings account for the next four to six months. She says she's done some research. She's discovered that a lot of accounts have great rates But she's kind of concerned about online savings accounts, Brittany, because there doesn't seem to appear at least to be like a physical place to park her cash. And that makes her a little nervous. So any risks to saving money in an online account, even though they are FDIC insured, I'm going to just say, don't worry about it. If they're FDIC insured, then I mean, these days, that's how a lot of us, I don't know if most of us, but many, many of us bank, we bank online, The money is electronically deposited and withdrawn. And I mean, basically, a lot of our transactions these days are done electronically. There's no actual paper being transferred, um, at least not in that moment. And that's just kind of where we are right now in our financial life, in our financial world. And so, I mean, certainly look for that FDIC seal. uh, But is there anything else she should be concerned about. Um, maybe you could read some yeah. reviews. There are lots of websites that rank and rate online savings accounts. So that would be another place to look.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Farnoosh. Don't worry about it. I mean, there's so many things to worry about in life. Like, don't focus on that, you know, because you're right. There's everyone's using online banks these days. The reason why they're able to give the higher interest rates is because they don't have those physical locations and overhead and all those additional expenses like traditional banks. So there's pros and cons to having Both, of course, but I always think like have your traditional bank if you really like that for your basic checking account and then any like savings like cushion money, you want to look for something that's going to give you a better rate. So usually the online institutions are the best bet for you.
0: Great. Good, good, good strategy. Like have your brick and mortar bank for kind of your everyday needs, especially if you do have questions and you want to speak to somebody or be able to withdraw your money that day. Because um, sometimes with online banks, you have to do a transfer that could take some time and maybe not instant. And then uh, it could slow down your, your goals. But if like, I like to know that I can go to walk into my bank. And if I need a large amount of money for whatever reason, because like I'm buying a car and I need um, a certificate, uh, like a cash certificate, you know, one of those money certificates or those money orders, I need to go into a bank, a physical bank and get that. So that means I definitely need to be banking somewhere with a location, but some of my other accounts are online because I don't need that money right away and I can benefit from a higher interest rate. All right. Last but not least, Delia on Instagram, she ran into into some credit card debt, about $10,000 and she was expecting to pay it off with a bonus from a new job and that bonus was going to be about 12 grand. So, you know, it looked like it was going to solve itself. But, unfortunately, she got fired from that new job
1: Mm -hmm. in the first
0: week. Sorry to hear. And so add to this, she's also got some student loans. And altogether, her debt repayments are about 50% of every paycheck. And with this new job that she's gotten even since getting fired from the other job, it doesn't pay that much. So she's looking for some advice. And I would say, firstly... Oh, she needs help, right? This is a. We always say, I always say that if your debt, minimum debt payments amount to more than 20 or 25% of your take home pay every month, then you want some intervention. And I, I really recommend the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, NFCC.org. They're a nonprofit credit counseling agency all over the country. They have offices. You can make an appointment. The first meeting is free and they will assess your financial situation, your debt, your income. They'll look at every kind of loan that you have, balance that you have, and maybe, maybe that's all you need is that one visit to get some solutions or strategy. But more likely, they might say, okay, 50% of your paycheck is a lot. And what they offer to do is enter you into a debt repayment plan or a debt management program where they will basically act on your behalf as your advocate to call all of your creditors and lenders and try to negotiate maybe a lower interest rate or remove some of the fees. It's not um, debt elimination or debt consolidation. This is just sort of debt management. It may take a couple of years for you to get on the other side of this, but I like them because they're not, they're not scammy. They really want to work with you to make it give you some breathing room every month. Maybe it's about refinancing here and there, but it's just nice to have a professional credit counselor, right? To work on your behalf. So that might be a place to check out nfcc.org. But also Brittany, I'd say ask for more money or try to find a side hustle.
1: Definitely. I think both. Yeah. Get some help for the debt payments, but I'm with you. Like I always think of income as unlimited. There's only so much you can cut back on your expenses before you really can't. So it's really to get focusing on the unlimited income abundance. How can I make more? Not that I want everyone to be working 24-7. Sometimes the answer is right in front of us, but we're, we're like focused on the wrong side of the equation that we don't see it. So I would say like open up to possibilities that maybe there's some more money you could be making easily. It doesn't have to be so difficult that could help you too. So keep your mind open and practice leaving like abundance mindset or whatever you need to do um, to make sure you get out of that scarcity, debt, fear, anxiety, because with debt, I think that's a lot of the energy um, that goes into it and it keeps you almost in that cycle. So just as much as you need the tactical plan, you also need the mindset of, okay, how do I get out of here? How do I get more like to the next level and wealth consciousness and abundance to attract more money, to make more money, to pay this off and not be living in this scarcity cycle.
0: And lastly, I would say that if this $10,000 credit card statement that she's got, Uh, weighing her down, does have an interest rate that's high. Um, You might want to consider transferring that balance over to a 0% APR credit card uh, like Chase Slate. You have to qualify, but it might be worth looking into if you can commit to getting out of this debt in the next You know, 15 months or so, at which point um, you'll benefit. During which point you'll benefit from the zero percent introductory APR, uh, because that could also save you quite a bit in interest. But you just have to be really, you know, committed to paying it down. So maybe once you start that side hustle and the money's coming in, try to see if you can transfer that balance and just start putting money towards it every every time you get paid, and just knock it out of, uh, knock it off the balance sheet. Um, That's what I would do. I love the idea of hustling and trying to make more money because it also, to me, that says that you're in the driver's seat, right? You can get help. There's lots of resources. But to some extent, you know, you're still maybe feeling vulnerable in the situation. But if you can find a way to bring in your own extra money that... You, know, you control, you control the hours, you control your rate, you control the kind of work that you're doing. That's really liberating. And who knows where that can lead to? A lot of people on this show have come on, so money who are now raking it in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: entrepreneurial, self-employed, seven figures, early retirees. They a lot of times started out with debt, right? They started out in a situation where they didn't have a lot of financial hope, but what they did have was determination to take control of their financial lives at some point, and it started with making more money on their own, on the side, which then parlayed into maybe a small business because you get good at it, you enjoy the flexibility, the cash flow, and you know, fast forward, uh, lots of. Uh, Lots of opportunities can be on the other side of that. So good luck to you. And thank you for your question. And that's a wrap, my friends. Brittany, thank
1: you so much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I love being on and connecting about it, especially that we're both the Chase Slate uh, Financial Education Ambassadors. I think it's so cool to partner and share all these fun facts that we're finding.
0: Likewise. Thank you so much. And everybody, I hope your weekend is so money.